You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Bistro Raoul's was born in the 70s in what was then a desolate outpost called Soho. And unlike the leisure suit, is still going strong. Two things. Just don't let Eddie the Maitre d' know you're a Red Sox fan. And please, get your tarot cards read while you're there. DOTJ Podcast now listened to in 27 countries. So I, I can't tell you how happy I am uh, that I get to uh, sit here with uh, Karim Raoul. Uh, Raoul's restaurant is legend. It's as New York as Joan Didion, the Yankees, Patti Smith. Uh, Karim is the heir to this uh, incredible legacy, and uh, we're going to talk about that and what the future holds. And uh, uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many questions people have about uh, Ruggles. Um, uh, give us a little bit of background of uh, Surgeon Guy, uh, who started it in 75, early 70s. Yeah, they opened up in, uh, in uh, December 75. Um, my father, Serge, uh, mm. was a, um, uh, worked for French radio, uh, LTF, uh, in Paris in the 50s when he left uh, Alsace. And then um, got a got a job in um, French TV here in uh, in New York in '62. I think he came here. Then uh, went to <clears throat> went to Africa for a, a year, and then came back. Um, and then um, he was doing a documentary uh, in uh, Kenya on the Maasai, hmm. and got um, hepatitis from drinking cow blood. <laughs> <laughs> was he doing it straight up? Or was it with a twist? How was he drinking? Just <laughs> um, and so um, he was put on sick leave from uh, French TV, and uh, that sick leave lasted about six months. And my uncle Guy mm-hmm. uh, had left um, my grandfather's restaurant, uh, the, the original Raoul's in, in Alsace. Oh, where, uh, where in Alsace was it? Uh, in Alkirch, which is about um, about 40 minutes uh, from Mulhouse, which is okay. in the sort of southern part of, oh, okay. the, of the, the, the non-wine region of Alsace. Gotcha, right? gotcha. Which well, nobody knows about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True, they know like the, the graveyards and uh, I have to, Alsace is one of my favorite places on the planet. It is still storybook, yeah. uh, thatched roofs and uh, amazing wines yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a, it's very smurf it is, it is. <laughs> you're, you're totally right you're like wow I, I remember being there uh, post harvest and uh, with a friend and walking through I think it was in Amishvir and you walk through the center of town and there's a uh, carousel mm. and there's nobody on the streets and we ate at like a, a one star Michelin restaurant in a hotel and there were two when the tourist season's over and harvest is over, there's nobody there. Yeah. Um, and it was like it was like being in The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Especially, especially now, it's it's yeah. it's it's, um, it's worse than it was before. I mean, there, when I was a kid, there was a lot of action going on. I mean, mm-hmm. people in the streets. It's right. I, I think since since um, the advent of uh, of the shopping mall and the shopping mm. supermarket and all that in France, it, it really it really killed a lot of small businesses. No, it's a shame. Uh, yeah, right. uh, France was not uh, ready for that. Right. Um, so, did you grow up in Alsace? No, no. Yeah. I grew up. Uh, my mother's Puerto Rican. I'm right. French Puerto Rican. I grew up here. Um, 
and uh, I was born in 78, so I was born post Raul's. Post Raul's, yeah. yeah. Everybody uh, reminds me of that when they come in. So. <laughs> They're like, you don't know shit, Korean. Yeah, yeah. You weren't here back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine, and uh, you, you weren't around, but there used to be a guy in New York who used to push a, a hospital cart through the streets, particularly of lower Manhattan, mm -hmm. with uh, chickens, uh, yellow feathered stuffed chickens, and yeah. sell them. And he yeah. was this old dude. Yeah. And you would see him at like 2 in the morning, right. 3 in the morning. Duck um, man. Yeah, yeah. Duck man, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I tell people, like, no way. I'm like, yeah, man, this fucking this is what it was. <laughs> That was what it was. Uh, so, um, so, the, so the TV, and then he, how's he end up back in New York? Uh, and, and like the whole world, because like, uh, so if we think of um, Soho in the 70s, it is abandoned buildings. It's a lot of homeless. I mean, it is really an outpost. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was nothing around. Uh, Finelli's was around. Right. But there was nothing there. It was kind of a really dodgy place to open a restaurant. So what was driven behind that? Uh, I think, and why get into the restaurant business? I think money yeah. and yeah. boredom, and yeah. uh, they, you know, the, he was on sick leave. Um, my 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 uncle uh, was working as a sous chef at the palace. He was the uh, he was my, my father didn't want anything to do with the restaurant business. So I come from a long line of people who have been uh, who don't want anything to do with the restaurant <laughs> business. And, and here you are today the restaurant business. <laughs> in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he. Um, he uh, he had called uh, my uncle and, and they figured, well, you know, why don't they open up a place? Um, they have these six months. He'll help them open up, uh, or, you know, what became Raoul's, and then he'll go back to French TV. So they were wor they were looking around uh, at the time. Uh, he was living on Seventy Sixth Street, so they were looking around uptown. The rents were already kind of pretty high at that point. Um, so you know the money kind of pushed them further and further downtown sure. and they were doing a lot of interviews with a lot of the artists and stuff who were living down here back in the back in the day and so there was a connection with downtown oh. and a lot of you know cam french cameramen and people were living down here so that it wasn't unknown to them see that that makes sense to me now because uh a lot of the people who frequented roles back in the day were artists and writers and yeah. The fact that you know, he's connected to that community makes total sense. Yeah, it was all, in the beginning it was all uh, European uh, journalists and TV people who were, like, like you said, connected to interviewing those, all these artists, and um, and it was the introduction to French food for a lot of those people. Mm -hmm. uh, back in back in those days, you had to put on a suit and tie and go to um, Lutece or, or, sure. or whatever. Right. This because right because this is way. Way pre Balthazar. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like a, just a, a great bistro to get like some steak frites and some moules and right. uh, and not have to put a suit on. Um, but um, so here's here's my uh, one of my moments that I always think of Raoul's is I I've couple. Uh, Nick Triggs was the wine director mm -hmm. at Raoul's and I was a struggling wine salesman. And out of his compassionate heart, he knew I was having a hard time. And he said, uh, how would you like to do the inventory of Raul's for me? And I said, um, really? He goes, yeah, I'll give you like 150 cash a week. Right. So it was an extra 600 bucks a month. And I was, you know, newly married and struggling. And I was like, oh, my God, really? So I would go into Raul's, uh, it, you know, and, and do go into the cage, count all the bottles. And so I was in the wine, just starting the wine business. But then I got to see all this amazing wine because Nick was an incredible director. You had like a, a Burgundies and Bordeaux that were like, and he had the great, great allocations. And so he was kind of one of my uh, mentors. But I think it's also funny because I was there and then I was there partying during the 80s. And um, 
a couple things I think it's really funny is like Rob I guess yeah. was at the door yeah. and um, for people listening if you haven't been to Raul's like in you live in New York City there's something wrong with you uh, I just brought somebody in two weeks ago and I was, I'm like you haven't been to Raul's oh fuck you we're going there <laughs> and you know Eddie who's been there for 43 years 43 years mm-hmm. still remembers everything and he's like alright I'm gonna let you in despite the fact that you're a fucking Red Sox fan <laughs> <laughs> but like the place has such uh, history to it but Rob used to come down at d- different parts of the night usually later when the kitchen's closed and Rob would slip into drag and do Dusty Springfield and come down these spiral stairs uh, to you don't have to say you love me and just walk the floor and be the, the grand dame and then later other drag queens would pop in and then the music could go up loud and people were dancing on the tables and these things called rails were put out uh not that most people know what i'm talking about (laughs) uh but the party began and it was amazing amazing place and it became a meeting place um even like uh, for a crew in in many pockets of new york i know uh if i'd say rolls like oh we used to always meet there at 11 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock at night and a good buddy of mine before table service really was around he would six of us would meet after our evenings and we'd all meet there and he'd say give me a bottle of port and i think it was taylor 77 Flaggate, actually somewhere like like that or 68 mm-hmm. and he uh and he would do a bottle of vodka bottle of gin and we would and all the mix and we would stay there till like four o'clock in the morning and <laughs> it was just uh, and the place hasn't changed eddie at the door i mean it's it's a time capsule it's gorgeous the same uh, nude paintings and photographs are on the wall um there's something magical about that place um give me your first memory because you were a child right yeah, because uh, when Nick was there and I was there, he's like, he said to say hello to you. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, how he's, is he doing? He's doing great. He's yeah. lived. He lives in. Um, he lives in the UK. Oh, nice. And uh, he's uh, working for some think tank because he's brilliant. Right. Uh, so um, out of the wine, out of, out the, of wine the wine thing. business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he said to make sure he said oh, hello. Oh yes. Yeah. Please say hello. I, I spoke to him today because yeah. I couldn't remember the song that Rob. Went, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like Nick <laughs> has this photographic memory. And he's, I called him. He goes, Yeah, man. It was. Uh, you don't have to say you love me. I'm like, right. Of course you would yeah. know that. He said that. He said. Uh, say that and uh, uh, your boots are made for walking. Oh yeah. yes, Nancy Sinatra. Right, yes, right, you're right. right. Uh, and uh, I mean, it was such an era. But he said, "Man, he goes, Kareem was probably like eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was born in '78. So um, when Rob was, there, I mean, Rob passed in '89. Yeah, in the late uh, '80s. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was in sixth grade. So do you have early memories of like running around there as a kid? Or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I remember. Um, they would, you know, they would let me play with the, the you know, it was always a chalk menu, so they would say, you know, you know oh, that's right. write, chalk write, board. write the menu for mm-hmm. us today. Here's yeah. some rice and some carrots, <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> and you used to have yeah. a great backyard. Yeah, and then the, the bag, of course. Yeah, yeah. and it, which is no longer there because right. the health department figured out. Well, it was a confluence of, oh, was uh, it? Yeah. of, of city... Um, uh, Ordinance. Ordinances. Because yeah. right. I always thought, like, they're like, you know, they shut the back to, backyard down. Cause, yeah. And I was like, yeah, because strangers shouldn't be traipsing Strange. through the kitchen, right. I guess. <laughs> but they got away with it forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. 30 years. Uh, uh, but people still call to this day. Uh, we probably get, uh, I'm not I'm not exaggerating, we probably get one call a day about uh, about the background. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's amazing. Um, 
What do you think it is about the place? You've been there since you were a kid. What, what do you think makes it so uh, special? And by the way, when I say this, like, I don't, I'm not, uh, yeah, this, this place is drenched in nostalgia, but it is still as cool and hip as it's ever been. I don't, like, the future's really bright for this restaurant because there's nothing like it in New York. Uh, I think it used to be, I think there's a, a, a great history behind the actual mm-hmm. physical space. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was Raul's, it was a place called Luizzi's. Uh, it was a neighborhood Italian place. And then uh, before that, I don't know uh, I don't know if there was an iteration in between, but the, the, in the 20s, it used to be a Portuguese dance hall. Um, oh. And then before that, it was a stable. Uh, but the point is that there was, you know, for for hundred over a hundred years now, it's been an entertainment place, um, and I think um, it hasn't really changed physically uh, since then. Right. Uh, the bar was uh, was made uh, as a. Um, uh, by Sears, it was a um, in, in the 30s. It was a, um, a catalog bar, right. and uh, and then you know when they when my father and Guy took over, they didn't really do anything. Uh, they just put uh, they just put paintings on the wall. Uh, and when they took over from Luigi's, um, they didn't even buy any new food. There was it was an Italian restaurant right. for the first month until they ran out of everything, and then it became French food. But um, I think uh, I think that physically uh, it has a history, and then and it and it's it's an Art Deco old bistro that hasn't really changed in a hundred years. But um, I think it also uh, it's also a very nostalgic place. Yeah. I, I went to uh, I was at the bar a couple years ago, and um, just sort of seeing what, what was going on that night and there was a, a girl who was sitting next to me and she seemed very young and I was I was a little concerned because I thought maybe she wasn't 21 and so sure. they had uh, they had asked her for ID or whatever and and um, and she was telling the bartender she's like you know I love this place and you know so I, I started talking to her I said well um, where are you from she's home well, I'm from Michigan or, or whatever wherever she was from and and I, and she said, you know, this place reminds me of old New York. I said, well, you know, how do you how do you know what old New York? What a is? weird reference point for her, right? <laughs> so I was, but then she she gave me this great um, answer, which was, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what the reality of old New York was or or is. Uh, what matters is that this place looks like what I think old New York was, and um, and that answer really struck me. Yeah. And I think um, I think that's I think that's what keeps it going. Uh, because there's people who come come back and they say, oh, you know, we had a steak au poivre and it was just, it tasted exactly the same as it was, you know, 40 years ago. And I said, you know, if, if I gave you a steak that we served in 40 <laughs> years ago, you would, you would, yeah. <laughs> you would not be happy. Um, yeah. So it's um, it, it's all nostalgia, you know, and um, but it's also keeping up with with the time and trying to and trying to stay true to yourself, but also be in a in a context of uh, of, of the present yeah i think i, I guess uh people know uh fake bullshit when they're in it right uh like i'm a huge on i could say i'm almost hyper allergic to like fake irish bars right like i can't stand like these pops we talked about miladies earlier right. <laughs> where, right. uh but i can't stand these like the, some company comes in and designs like oh flannery's or are just oh no or oh right. shit really <laughs> like it just and they're they're horrible and yeah. uh, they, it doesn't feel like anything right. um there is a there's it makes total sense that it's been like an entertainment center for a hundred years I think this energy I don't get too like spiritual but like tectonic plates and all that stuff yeah it says something something to that I totally agree yeah Uh, I went into um, Corner Bistro the other day Hmm. and I hadn't been in there uh, in years 
And then, you know, they'd redone the entire bar. They I was like, up. oh, man. You they know, fucked this it is, up. This feels totally yeah. different. Uh, and um, it, was a, it was a completely different yeah. feel. Uh, and it, it, was, it was not good. Feels like a fucking frat boy college bar now. I'm sorry, I used to go there yeah. for the jukebox yeah. and the burgers late night and the cold beer. Right. And the last time I was there, I was like, the beer was warm, shitty selection, no real jukebox, right. no real music on the jukebox, right. and it was too, it was sanitized. And and where are the mugs? You know, get yeah. a fucking mug and a rug getting mug, like yeah. a you know a plastic cup, and it was, you know, it just it was just watered down. I know. It's a, it's when it's when a piece of New York falls off like that, yeah. like when Lucky Strike closes. Right. Another famous place that uh, is closed, and that's why like. Um, you know that's why I still love Raul's and why it's so relevant is because it's it's like you said it's true to its its mission statement or who it is it's not trying to be anything else Um, subtle small changes every mm. (laughs) you know consistent subtle small changes so uh, um, but you weren't in the restaurant business what business were you in right before you you, because when did you take over Uh, in well that's a little bit of a complicated question I uh, I was a I was a cameraman, um, like my father was. I went to film school. I went to NYU. Uh, after NYU, I opened up a restaurant, actually, in Brooklyn. Uh, but oh. then after that, um, I, uh, I moved to Paris, and I was working there as a cameraman. And, uh, and then I came back, and working in the documentary world. Um, and then in 2010, uh, my father had a, a, a big stroke. Uh, I was in Indonesia doing a, a project there. And I, uh, the, the the GM at the time, Cindy Smith, she had called me and said, uh, you know, you need to come back. Your your father's sick. Um, so I did, and um, that's when that's when the sort of journey started. Sure. Uh, and then officially, um, like around 2014. Right. Uh, so, you, but you did uh, you tried to open a restaurant, had a restaurant in Brooklyn, so you kind of knew it, and it feels like it's a little bit in your blood. Let's take one second and just uh, make a toast to uh, your dad. Uh, we're in Alsace. We're Durler Cadet. This is his uh, Cremant, the Rosé, 100% Pinot Noir. They're in Burkholz, right in the in the uh, like in the lower, like right below the Vosges mountain range, mm-hmm. um, and uh, all certified organic. He still uses a horse and uh, a plow going through the vineyards, and um, it's delicious. Yeah, it's just uh, I, thought, uh, I thought we should be toasting uh, yeah, yeah. to to Alsace in particular well, and, your, you. and your and your family. So <laughs> cheers. Well, yeah. New York needs more Alsatian wine. Mm. I totally agree. We could talk about lost identity forever, about how they were torn and, you know, apart. And yeah, yeah. I think they still have identity crisis, but the wines are just spectacular. Yeah, uh, yeah. Un- unbelievable. So you are, uh, so then you, you get kind of pulled back in. Yeah, I was always working there, right. you know. Uh, I was um, all through, I started working there and in, in, uh, officially working there in, in high school. Uh, and then... Um, and then through college, I was in, I was in the kitchen. I was a, I was a cook there for. I was good at that. Yeah. Uh, I was not good at waiting tables. Uh, I think the the first day that um, uh, I worked there in high school, they they were really mean to me. They they said, "Well, you, you know, you can take this main section in the front room." Just the hardest section. They just do, fucking you know? buried you. Yeah, didn't they? and then you know, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to carry two plates, and then so they, they, they at least they showed me that. Yeah. And I remember there was a, a couple who was on a date. And um, there was a, a salmon dish with some sort of cream sauce, and I remember putting the dish down for the girl, and uh, holding the other salmon dish up uh, over this guy's shoulder, and the whole 
sauce thing just, just oh. dripping oh. all over the sky. It was, it was a disaster. Wow. And so, you know, they, they and they knew this was going to happen. Well, they, they were so, doing so they were just they were just waiting. Yeah. They said, You're you know, the owner's they said, kid. They wanted to they fuck said, with you. you know, come yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go downstairs, change, and um, put put your you know put your apron on and start dishwashing for the next you know six months and that's what i did well you know i you know I, they made you earn your stripes i, I kind of have yeah. to respect that yeah, of right? course of right? course yeah like. yeah and then i started um uh then i, I started nyu and uh well i went to boston for a year to school then i came back to uh, film school at nyu and then <clears throat> i started uh cooking i was butchering during the day oh cool uh and then i w- and then i started cooking on the line and i did that for uh, for about through through college uh, for about four years, and then I opened up this place in, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So. And, and it's still there in Brooklyn, or uh, no? It was uh, it was on one Main Street between uh, um, the uh, Brooklyn Manhattan Bridge. Oh, it's called, it was kind uh, of Dumbo area. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah right in the middle of Dumbo. It was, it was uh, after that. It was uh, Bubby's took it over after. Oh, after okay, had sure. But you know, I was twenty years old. I was I, I could barely get a liquor license because I was. Negotiating the uh, the lease uh, with David Valentis on the payphone from the uh, payphone from the uh, editing suite <laughs> at NYU. Oh, that's so uh, cool! Payphones, yeah, anyway. Yeah, but a long uh, time uh, ago. Yeah, I think what I think is funny here is like you're like you know we decided that we wanted the part of us friendly, nothing to do with the restaurant business, myself mm-hmm. included. Then you get dragged back, and then you open your restaurant. No, I'm fucking. And then you go back and do it. You, you get in the film and yeah. get, uh, camera, like it's a family thing. And then yeah. you got to jump back into the restaurant <laughs> business because there's something comforting about. Uh, I mean, restaurateurs and people who are in the restaurant business, I think they like bringing joy and happiness yeah. to people. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a calling. It is. You know? I think so. Yeah. Um, and it's once you, um, it, it's really all I know. You know, it, it's um, hosting people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you're having a party every night, and it's not. It's not totally dissimilar to, to the film or theater business where you're, um, you're having a group of people come in every night to to to, to watch a performance. That, right. That's what it is. Yeah, it, it yeah. totally is. It feels like yeah. uh, it feels like theater, prepping uh, yeah. uh, for the for the for the big night for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, like Rick's Bar in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like you 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 watch that movie and you're like, I just I just want to have a martini. <laughs> <laughs> I want to drink a bottle of champagne with Rick, yeah. and I have that same feel when I'm at Raul's. Like, right. if I'm having a nightcap somewhere, uh, I had dinner. Last month there, and uh, you know, I, I try to eat there as as much as I can, um, because I think for people who haven't eaten there, and I've guests actually coming in next week, and I'm gonna probably call Corwin and see if I can get a reservation. Oh, just, just call me. <laughs> call you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, um, it, it, it is, uh, and that's I think why it'll just continue to go. And so here's here's an interesting um, question: like you're in the film and you've done documentaries. I mean, is there a better recipe for a documentary than Raul's from the 70s through like Chicken Man through the 80s with this this characters and the go-go 80s with like I mean J.P. McInerney's writing you know Bright Lights Big Mm -hmm. City and I mean it's such a boom 80s and then the AIDS epidemic comes in and takes down some of the staff and the the beloved uh, people who work there and then the 90s come back and and then it's still going surviving COVID hit still surviving I mean this is meant for a Netflix doc we're working on it. Are you? I mean, it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. It just I, st- uh, I started when, when when I took when I took over when I when I started working again in 2010. <clears throat> I wasn't working full time, so I started shooting there. I was, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm sort of stuck here, or right. know, that's what I thought at the time. And uh, why not? Why not just start interviewing people or whatever? So I was doing that slowly, <coughs> and then, uh, and then I started getting more and more involved, and I didn't have enough time to devote to, to finishing the film. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, now I'm I'm kind of in the film. You know? Yeah. Well, you. <laughs> <laughs> so then it became a little, you know, a little meta. So I was like, well, you know, how am I gonna how am I gonna finish this up? I, I don't think I can finish this anymore because um, I'm such a part of it. So. I asked a friend of mine to uh, to take over and direct the the, la- the second half of it. That makes total sense. So that's where I we're mean, at. Netflix does these series in three parts or whatever, right? Right, right. Um, it, it yeah, it would make such a, an, an incredible. Um, it's 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 a time period that has to be captured. Yeah, and it's um, not not just Raoul's, but that time period is such a it's such a presence, uh, an unknown presence, I think, in sort of uh, uh, general. Uh, pop culture now, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, people don't realize the uh, the origins of a lot of things that are happening now. That it came from downtown, and from uh, and, and specifically, you know, Blurry Side and Soho during those during those years. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, even all the recording studios where famous bands, you know, the Stones and everyone recorded on the Lower East Side, right. and there's there's nothing left there. Yeah, um, and it's kind of sad. It's just, uh, um, and and but you're still like surviving. You got through. I didn't even want to talk about this COVID, but we, you, you did, and I last week packed, and then two months ago packed. Um, I think now more than ever, people want to feel comfort. Yeah, they want to feel yeah. warmth, and yeah. they want to feel their fellow man right. uh, in a restaurant uh, and connect. And right. food is one of the few. Food and friendship is brings uh, releases that uh, oxytocin yeah. hormone. That was that right? was a conscious decision. I, I think. At least for my part, it was. I, I saw the other sort of big bistros and restaurants downtown were closed and weren't reopening. Whether they thought um, the pandemic was going to um, come to a close earlier than it did, or whether they were too school for, too cool for school to to reopen in that sort of environment, but it seemed like a great opportunity to to get back to 1975, you know, and to to get back to that that feel. Um, and I just thought it was important to uh, to be consistent and to be open for 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 the neighborhood and for, for, for those people. And and I'm glad I did it because um, I couldn't imagine not going through the baby steps of going getting back to normal um, and trying to just do it all at once, uh, which would be like opening up a, a brand new a brand restaurant. New restaurant. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So I, and and I see the the struggle that you know Balthazar and, and people like that went through to open up really quickly. I think. The, by now they're sort of back on their feet but it was you know it, w- it was not easy I don't yeah. think. scaling up is yeah. like opening a new restaurant yeah. but also people had hunger for uh, community yeah and that's one of those like neighborhood restaurants that's bigger than the neighborhood yeah. obviously but um, I and also uh, I got a heads up the the burger there's a burger yeah. how many burgers does the chef make 12 burgers and 12. there's a and like <laughs> I've, I've been with people and like hey I gotta run I gotta go to Raul's and get the burger because <laughs> they sell out I'm like what do you mean they sell out well they only do like 12 burgers I'm the like the burger store yeah 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 uh, who came up with the burger idea <laughs> it's a great idea it was uh, it was a confluence of weird events it was um, uh, I always thought that we should have a burger on the menu um, so I was pushing the chef uh, and this was again this was 20 12, 13, 14, and uh, he was always against it. Um, and the, uh, and eventually, I remember I was on a shoot, I think, and we were talking about 
you know, what kind of burger should we have? And, and I think this PA was like, uh, we were talking about steak au poivre and stuff like that. And the guy's like, why don't you make a steak au poivre burger? And we're like, you know, kind of joking. So, yeah, we should do that. So um, we uh, eventually, the chef broke down and we, um, we tested a couple burgers from Frida and we chose one. And then, and then it was like, well, uh, we don't want to put it on the floor because we don't want to become a Manetta Tavern. We don't want right. we don't want it to eat up the, the the rest of the menu. So let's just let's just have it at the bar, um, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. And then it was well, uh, how many should we start out with? Well, you know, there's a dozen buns that come with the order, so why don't we just start with a dozen? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the we efficiency did that. of that is really good. <laughs> Keeping your food costs in check. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did that, and then Josh Azurski, uh, the late Josh Azurski, uh, came in from um, Esquire and wrote this huge article about how it was the best burger in America. And then it was, and then it went crazy. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, by that point, it became. Uh, Unbeknownst to us, but it worked out for us. Uh, it became a nit, this sort of like weird niche thing, you know. Um, but it's um, you know it was it worked out well. But I mean that's great. But that's what I mean. Like evolving, still like it's a buzz. I mean I I hear you know people in the know like it's still one of their favorite uh, restaurants, and it, and it will just continue to be because of what you guys do. And the food is just great. It, it's perfect for what you guys do. It's a fun wine list it's a great vibe the music is still cool it's just like it's it's one of the um, you know I, I keep waxing but I, I love uh, Il Buco is one of my other mm-hmm. like favorite restaurants in the city because yeah. there's a vibe to it yeah it's great there's not yeah. a lot yeah, there's not a lot yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- and thank you for not kicking out the tarot card reader is that uh, no no was I'm, that a huge fight no no not at all uh, Nancy who's the, the sort of head tarot card reader she just she broke her hip not long ago so she sh- I, I'm hope she, I hope she's back soon uh, but you know they were all sort of out during the pandemic so I'm, ho- I'm hoping some of them have come back um, but it used to be just upstairs so this is really kind of uh, uh, vertical spiral stairs that I, I think the times that I'm there and I see uh, women come down those six inch spikes <laughs> like Rob used to do right. <laughs> <laughs> and but after a couple of drinks and I just sit there and go oh it's going to happen when uh, I'm I, here I, 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 mean, I have a heart attack every yeah, time I see it you look you're like oh shit here yeah. we go <laughs> here goes my insurance rates right, right, right. <laughs> yeah no it's always uh, it's, it's always nerve wracking and there's a guy that uh, sits out front every now and then, and he just has a pencil, and he does pencil drawings of yeah. roles. Yeah. Um, I have one hanging in my uh, I have house. seen those pictures at the most random places. And yeah. do, do you know the guy, or just... No, he's kind of standoffish. I've talked to him a bunch. Of, uh, I've tried to talk to him a bunch, but uh, no, not really. Yeah. No. I, it's no. it's kind of crazy, it's but weird. yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's, like, some of the weirder, like, I'm sure, like, people must come up to you and they go oh you weren't even around then but this is what happened and uh, <laughs> you, you know uh, Jimmy Breslin came in with Pete Hamill one night <laughs> you know, like old New York and they had the stick up off and like raised hell a little cigar like do those stories come through people want to tell you their Raul stories like I felt compelled to tell you my Raul yeah, story yeah yeah of course yeah. yeah yeah there's a whole vault of them tell, um, me, tell me you know tell yeah. me what theme you want <laughs> <laughs> alright what's the what's the craziest uh, look I, I'm I, I go R here, but like uh, probably the amount of sex that happened in that bathroom upstairs, frightening. Yeah. I wonder how many kids should be called like either uh, Prince uh, after right. Prince Street that it's on, or that, why I'm, is that kid named Raul? <laughs> Raul. No, that's still that's still happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that is still happening. Um, no, the, uh, let me think of one. There was um, 
There was one time, uh, and I wasn't here for this, but I, I, I heard this from Philip Saunders, who is the uh, maitre d', who's a good friend of uh, Rob uh, mm. Jones, who he, I think he brought Rob in. Uh, anyway, they, uh, this was in the 90s. Um, there was a, a group of, a, a big a big group of people, I think there were about 12 to 15 people that had come in uh, late night, no reservation, um, and they had got sat in that middle row uh, behind the fish tank. Yep. And uh, there was this, uh, this uh, the, I guess the head of the party was this, this beautiful uh, woman who was, a, who was a model at the time. And uh, she goes up to the, promptly after getting seated, she goes up to the bathroom. And um, they, uh, the, the, one of the guys who's sitting there goes up to ask Philip, you know, uh, when, when I cue you, do you mind putting on Frank Sinatra? And I said, well, why? What's going on? He said, well, my, my girlfriend's coming down from upstairs. You know, I just want to. Uh, I just want to impress her. So I said, yeah, okay, you know, no, no problem. And um, he goes back to sit down, and then another guy comes up, and he's, uh, he, he's sort of adjusting his suit, and he has a, a, a book that he opens up, and he's sort of sitting, uh, standing in front of the, uh, um, uh, the fish tank. And then, the, you know, at one point, the guy cues, you know, uh, uh, Philip and says, put the, put the music on, the music comes on. And then this woman comes down in a wedding dress, <laughs> and they get married right in front of the of the fish tank Holy in front shit. of everybody. That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, and somebody took a picture of that uh, wedding dress, and it was, I believe, um, it was on the cover of a Vera Wang um, uh, like wedding dress wow. book or something for a long time. Wow. But anyway, it was. Um, uh, Total, total out of the blue marriage. That's a fucking crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably send each other postcards, or you have they have yeah. a bunch. Of we boys. tried to get we tried to get in touch with her um, for the documentary, and I I interviewed somebody uh, in, who lives in Texas now. Uh, we were doing something in Texas, and I went to go see this person, and they were telling me the whole story because they were right there and, and uh, gave me the whole rundown. Um, but then. Uh, after searching and searching for her uh, in vain, I, there was a picture that she, I guess she had given to us and her address was on the back. Oh, cool. And so uh, I reached out, but they had been divorced for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but I, I t doesn't that speak so loudly about what we're talking about? Like this place is so special that someone's going, I want to get married in Rolls. Right. We're not gonna let them know in the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. After doing a bump in the bathroom, right, right. let's get fucking married. <laughs> yeah. Has, has has ever been used as a movie set? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, a lot of movies. Has yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah. Like um, the Departed. Uh, oh, no shit! It's yeah. in the Departed. Yeah. I addicted, love that movie. Addicted to Love. Um, uh, Sex in the City. Um, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Oh. A bunch of other stuff. I yeah. mean, I've, I've you know a it's, bunch of small it, stuff. It seems like it'd be the place because it is. Uh, yeah, it's oh, a yeah. set. It's yeah, a set. It, it really is. You you walk in. That's uh, that's the only thing you feel like kind of glamorous when you're there because it's such a cool bar and yeah. uh, uh, and um, uh, and do like people email you or send you stories or about having met there or being there their yeah, favorite yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's part of your book and your documentary. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. there was. Um, there was one night uh, that when I was waiting tables there, uh, and we were in the back room, and um, we were uh, there was a, a table that was taken forever. We were like sitting there, kind of waiting to close up, and this uh, we had watched this whole crazy story unfold uh, without knowing, without hearing any words. This is all visual. Hmm. There was a um, 
a younger woman who was uh, sitting down with a, with an older woman, and uh, it was started started having dinner, um, and they were uh, they got into a heated argument, and then a, a third young woman came um, and sat down with them, and it calmed down a little bit, and then it erupted again, a huge argument, and then the the woman who had just come. It, the, who had just come in left sort of in, in, in haste. So we're like, what the hell is going on here? You know? <laughs> and, um, and we had realized that um, it was a, a young woman who was coming out to her mother, you know, oh. uh, and so I had tried to introduce her to, to her, her, um, her, her lover. Yeah. And um, obviously it wasn't going well. And the, uh, the mother proceeded to just start downing anything in front of her. She just got wasted. <coughs> and um, so, you know, eventually the dinner comes to a close and uh, we give her a check, whatever. And then they go into the front and I'm closing out all the checks from the back uh, at the bar. And I see the mother going up the stairs um, and struggling to get up there. Oof. She was really, so I'm yeah. like, I'm really eyeing her to see if I should go help her or not. And the... And the daughter uh, is standing underneath the spouse staircase, and um, and I don't know if she was on her phone or whatever, but she was she was not paying attention. And um, and and midway up, the mother stops and um, and just starts peeing on herself, and the pee, and the pee trickles down the the, the <laughs> stairs and is all over the daughter. <laughs> Boy, that's and kind I, of Freudian weird like, shit. Right? I just felt like this is the perfect ending <laughs> to, to this dinner. <laughs> right, mom's worried about being embarrassed because her daughter's a lesbian right. as she urinates on her right. <laughs> on the stairwell. Okay, right. yeah. So anyway, weird, you know, weird story, uh, and then. You know, a lot of um, a lot of uh, sort of more rock and roll stuff. Yeah. Have you ever been like starstruck by somebody who came in? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Clinton, when President Clinton. Oh, came yeah. that, was, that was the big. That was the big thing. Yeah. And then uh, I remember the dishwasher at the time. He had shook shook everybody's hand in the entire restaurant, uh, which was cool. Yeah. And went into the kitchen and shook everybody's hand. And uh, and then I remember the dishwasher at the time. This is you know when he was president uh freaking out because they were like oh my god are, are they here to like take us away <laughs> no, it's okay. it's okay. some labor shortages so, on the Clinton administration bill's actually right, doing right, right. the arrests right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, don't worry about right. it so, you're okay. yeah. Oh, wow yeah i've heard great stories about bill clinton uh, yeah. i've had a few people on who've met him and uh, a good buddy uh peter uh cassell has a had a restaurant store and he said like it looked like he was back lit right. i mean he's just yeah. It was huge presence. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. Um, and just insanely brilliant man yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's pretty cool. I had an O.J. Simpson story like that. He uh, um, used to come in the restaurant that I worked at all the time, and the sous chef was he's such a huge O.J. fan, like incredible sports fan. And so A.J. O.J. would hang out at the bar, and we kind of got to know him a little bit. And I said to him, "Hey, one, hey, any chance you can go back in the?" kitchen and say hello to the guy's name is Creston Billings he's the sous chef and he said yeah man of course are you kidding me and he went back and like to watch this guy almost faint it was like his voice was like <laughs> I was like wow yeah. and he was just the nicest guy who yeah. would have ever guessed yeah. but um, uh, yeah it's uh, I'm sure in the music actually downtown I'm sure you've had tons of SNL parties they would seem like it would be yeah. a perfect place for an SNL yeah, yeah. party uh, there was a there was an era there there was a lot of SNL stuff going on yeah, yeah. Um, 
you were too young to remember, man. 1978. Yeah, you weren't. Was, you weren't like it wasn't before, Belushi and those guys. Before <laughs> my time. Yeah, yeah. You no, had probably I, the. I, I, I was. I you had the working. shitty cast like Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> yeah, was right. fucking rejects from SNL. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started in '94 or '5. I started. Uh, I started working there. But it seems like it'd be a perfect place to have a cast party. Yeah. Does yeah. anyone ever buy rumbles out? Like shut yeah, it down for yeah, the night because yeah. that must cost a fortune. But like, they, they, yeah, we just had a we just had a party uh, not long ago, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. such a cool. Um, so, where where I think Rolls just keeps on going. Now you live in. I live upstairs. I'm right. like an old Parisian woman. <laughs> Do the vertical commute. <laughs> Come down with your broom and your bathrobe. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish I had a little bit more separation, but it was. It, it's it's been nice. Yeah. And how old are your kids? Are you there? Uh, five and a half and one and a half. Oh, okay, so they'll they'll soon be running around doing the chalkboard and uh, yeah, yeah, saying uh, that they'll never be in the restaurant business when they're like sixteen, eighteen. Exactly. We'll, we'll we'll wait one or two more years to put the older one to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Uh, so we're at the party show. I always, uh, uh, you know, God calls you one night and he says, Kareem, we need a Raul's in heaven for us all to hang out and because the saints you know they need a place to hang out so we need to make make a, a role him so it's your last day you're going to be leaving uh so before you leave I'll, you know you got one night go go eat something great go drink something great listen to a great piece of music before you leave but go ahead be be on your way what are you what are you eating what are you drinking what are you listening at to? Raul's wherever you are wherever you want to be what are you eating what are you drinking not at Raul's let's go out let's go outside of Raul's um, I think I'm a little boring in that sense. I think I'll probably have. Um, I think I'll probably have a burger at the ear. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Burger at the ear. Wow. Yeah. Look um, at you. That's then, awesome. You know. Then we'll, I don't know. Maybe yeah. with a maybe a little whiskey or something, and then call it a night. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Music. What are you listening to? Uh, I was always into a lot of uh, a lot of soul, jazz um, stuff. So. Okay. Um, and lately, lately I've been back into reggae for some reason, but like old reggae, you know, like Alton Phillips and Phyllis Dion. Oh, wow. Like so, yeah. Oh, super cool. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's... Um, so as you close your eyes, as you're leaving, what would what you be listening to? Would it be old reggae? No. Um, That's me. I'm giving you the reprieve. I'm the governor here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, if if I'm going out, I'll probably I'll probably have to be listening to like uh, some old Miles record or something. You there know? you go. There you go. Well, this was awesome. Uh, I want people to be able to find you. And by the way, to get the documentary done. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, How about I come interview you for the final part of it? Yeah, you should on camera. You we'll should. Do it. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many hours of footage do you have? Um, I don't know exactly. Probably probably got about I don't know. Say like forty. 40, 40 hours yeah oh shit you better call in ken burns i know i know oh I know. Uh, but that's great that's no. like no really but i mean we have a solid rough cut down it's it's we we need somebody we need somebody even more objective to 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 polish it up yeah, so yeah. that's what we're that's what we're trying to do right yeah. now as an editor the hardest thing is as you know is to make the cuts because you become personally attached to everything yeah and, and my yeah. friend you know he's he, we've been we've shot together and worked together for for you know, thirteen years together. So he 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 knows it. He knows the story really well. And so I, even him, he's he's kind of already too invested. It's like I need somebody to you know really yeah. let's really step back. Oh, that's that's uh, that's really cool. And I guess we could find you on Instagram. Uh, me personally, yeah. no, I'm no. Never, I'm nowhere. Rolls though, yes. Rolls, yeah. yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. at Rolls and yeah. uh, for me, you just gotta 
come by the restaurant or text me. <laughs> come by the restaurant, <laughs> text you, write you a letter. Right, yeah, <laughs> right, send, right, send, right, a, right. send a dove. Dove. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on DOTJ Podcast. Uh, we're going to finish by drinking some Matthew Beret Petite Ors uh, Organic Cote de Rhone uh, as we say goodbye. But uh, thanks for coming on. This was a blast, and uh, I'll see you soon. And anyone, if you're if you're a New Yorker and you haven't been to Raul's, uh, what's wrong? Go see your therapist and go have some fun. You need joy in your life. So check it out. It's on Prince Street. Uh, thanks for being on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Sure. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. <laughs> <laughs>